0: I want to welcome you to Grace Church and welcome you, if you're worshiping in Olathe or online or in the venue, I want to worship you, welcome you in Overland Park as well. We're so glad that you're here. Our ushers, they have Bibles, they have pens, they have message notes. If you need any of those, you can raise your hand and they'll put that in your hand. Uh, if you do not have a Bible yourself, you can take that. That's a gift uh, from us to you and you can take that with you. Uh, but we're so glad that you're here with us today. Uh, I did want to uh, rem- give a reminder to uh, both campuses that this Wednesday is uh, Grace Students' kickoff called Initiate to the Semester. Uh, this Wednesday is Initiate, so if you're a middle school or high school student, we're kicking off the semester uh, Wednesday, uh, September 6th, from 6.30 to 8.30, doors will open at 5.30, we'll have inflatables, there'll be food, it will be a lot of fun. It's our annual, or excuse me, semesterly. Uh, kickoff off the year where kids can connect to their group leaders. It's a lot of fun, and also for students to invite their friends as well. It cost us five bucks, unless you are a new student, then the cost to you, there is no cost to you, we, we cover the cost. Uh, but want to give you a heads up, we're really excited about that, your student won't want to miss it. Uh, I do have a question for you as we, as we start today. Um, how early is too early for Christmas music? <laughs> to look a lot yes. like Christmas. Receive it. So Everywhere so you go, right? All right, please stop. take a look in it's the awesome. five and ten. Man, it's definitely too early, right? Uh, now, some people—I don't know—I don't know these people, but some people I've heard like after Fourth of July, Christmas music is appropriate. That doesn't happen in my household. Um, for us, uh, where I grew up, we, we started celebrating Christmas the day after Thanksgiving, and it would go until Christmas Day, and then after that, that's the window for Christmas music. You can listen to it as much as you possibly can, and then we should not hear it again until the following year. Um, but when I think, we, we've been in a series over the last couple of weeks called uh, Talking About the Spiritual Gifts, and when I think about spiritual gifts, it reminds me of, of receiving gifts, and then, and then receiving gifts reminds me of Christmas, and so I began thinking about how my family, my my strange family to some degree, receives their, their Christmas gifts, or what do they do with their Christmas gifts um, each year. And so I, I want to invite you in to hear kind of how, how my family receives gifts. So my dad, he's, he loves the gifts that he gets. He's very thankful. He's glad that he, you, you gave it to him. You, you took the time to pick it out for him but he he takes the gift thank you so much and afterwards he takes his pile and he puts it in on the same shelf in his office every single year and he never uses it he just sits there and and then the next year um, he'll, he'll get his gifts and he'll be reminded of all of the things that he got that previous year and he might use it or he might leave it on the shelf. I, I, I promise there's probably 10 years of unused Christmas gifts on the shelf in my dad's office. And so my dad, I would say he is the Dory of the gift receiving world. Okay. He's the Dory of the gift receiving world. Dory, the fish from Finding Nemo, you know, the fish that they'll, they'll hear something and then she forgets it instantly. And so, um, you know, maybe you're a dory. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's how you receive your gifts. Uh, I don't know if that's the best way to receive a gift. Now, now my, my gift-receiving ability or skills are probably the worst of all in my family, unfortunately. Um, I'm a bit of a brat, um, if I'm really honest. Um, I want what is on my list, and if it's not on my list, I'd rather you not give it to me. Um, I really mean it. And if it's not the right color, I'd rather you not give it to me. So an example of this, uh, and it, to be really candid, you, you would think that you would grow out of something like this. You don't. <laughs> you really don't. So a couple of years ago, uh, I wanted a leather jacket, and um, I wanted like a slim leather jacket because I'm a pretty slim guy, and uh, <laughs> I know, and uh, and so... I I asked my mom for a leather jacket for Christmas, and I open up. This is like the last gift I have, and I'm really hoping it's going to be my leather jacket because I asked for it. It was on my list, and I open up this 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 gift, and it's like one of these like huge, thick like Harley like leather jackets. And I'm, I'm I like look at it, and like I don't have the ability to fake it, okay? And and this is my mom, and I like Do you, did you, did you keep the receipt? <laughs> did, did you did you keep the did you keep the receipt? Because if you, I just don't. It's not what I wanted. Um, she's like, just try it on. I'm like, no, like I can't. If I try it on, I'm going You're not gonna like me after I try it on. So I do try it on, and I hate it even more. And so, needless to say, I didn't keep that jacket. Um, but for me, I'm the Veruca Salt from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory of the kit, uh, the gift receivers. I'm the girl that says, I want it now. All right. I'm the one that says, I want what I want, and I want it now. And uh, that is not the way that one should receive a gift. Or maybe you're like my brother, my older brother Justin, who, what I'd say, he's the hero of the gift receivers in our family. He, he takes his gifts, he's thankful, and he uses them right away. Right away. When we were kids, he'd get a Lego, he'd build it right away. Uh, if, if he got like an electronic thing, he'd be playing with whatever it was. Or if it was an iPad, he would set it up all day long until it was ready. If he got socks... He would put on his socks and wear them all day long because he was so excited about his socks. Now, now my, my brother, he, he's the Ralphie of the Christmas receiving gift. Ralphie, right? Ralphie from the Christmas story. All he wanted was a Red Ryder BB gun. And when he got that gun on Christmas morning, he took it outside and he was going to shoot it. He was going to use it no matter what. Well, today we're answering this question of how do we develop our own spiritual gifts? We've been in a series called Entrusted, talking about spiritual gifts, and we're talking about development today. And I I think, though, it, it matters how we receive the gifts that God has given us if we're going to develop them. It really matters how we have received the gifts that God has given us if we're going to truly develop them. So here's the question is, what kind of gift receiver are you? spiritually are you a dory i hope you're not a veruca are you a ralphie you know maybe there's another one i've missed but but what kind of gift receiver are you so would you pray with me so god i I pray that you would speak to us today i pray that that we would know that you have a desire to use us that you've gifted us for a specific reason And God, I pray that you would show us more of what that is today. God, may we be developers of our gifts. We love you. It's in Jesus' name, amen. If you'd open up your Bibles or or find 1 Timothy chapter 4, that's where we're going to be spending most of our time today, 1 Timothy 4.14. In this series, we've been talking about spiritual gifts, and I just want to reiterate this truth is that if you've put your faith in Jesus, then God has gifted you with something, The day that you believe in Jesus, and you've heard this from Tim multiple times, but you have been gifted something. You have spiritual gifts, and and, and God desires for them to use those, and they're specific to your life so that you can be utilized by God to make a difference in this world so that more people will know Jesus. So, but how do you develop your spiritual gift? The first way is that you open your gifts. The first way, is pretty simple, is you have to open your gifts, 1 Timothy 4.14 says, Do not neglect the gift that is in you. Paul reiterates to Timothy, the gifts are in you. There are gifts that have been placed in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. So Paul is, is reminding Timothy of this moment when he's about to be commissioned for the church at Ephesus. He's asking, him, uh, he's, he's asking him to remember the time when the elders surrounded you and they affirmed the things that God is doing in your life. They affirmed the gifts that have given you and then they prayed for you. They laid hands on you, right? Remember that moment, Timothy. Don't forget that moment. You're going to need to remember that as you continue leading, as you continue to be used by God. And I'm going to spend a brief moment just talking about this word prophecy because I don't want us to get slipped up or caught up on this word. I, I think sometimes you could read this text and it looks like through prayer and through prophecy the gifts were received. His first statement is that the gifts were in Timothy already. These prepositions that follow is this, is that this word prophecy is not Paul saying that the elders fortune told or spoke of what Timothy's future would be. This word prophecy, is more comes from 1 Corinthians 14.3, which when Paul says, he who prophesies speaks edification, that means to build up, and exhortation, and challenge, or or it means to to challenge, and comfort to men. So prophecy is people building up, challenging, and, and providing comfort that God wants to speak into someone's life. And so that's what he's saying. This is what the elders were doing in this moment. But how do we open up our gifts? Let's spend time thinking about this instead. How do we open up our gifts? Well, 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 first is this, is that Paul says let's not neglect them. So what would it look like if you're neglecting your gifts? So to neglect your gift is to not know your gifts. Have you made it through this entire series without knowing what your spiritual gifts are? Have you made it through this entire series without knowing what your spiritual gifts are? We have spiritual gifts ass- assessments that you can take online at visitchracechurch.com. Now, maybe, maybe you don't believe in those. You know, there's some people that are like, you know, and I, don't, I don't really buy into self, those assessment tests. That's fine. Uh, another way to, to, to kind of find out your gifts is find a mentor, a spiritual mentor in your life, and ask them, hey, what gifts do you see in me? Ask them, what gifts do you see in me? Maybe that will be a better way or a better, better marker for you to, to determine. But, but do you know your gifts? Because if you don't know your gifts, you haven't opened up your, up, up, up your present yet. The second way to neglect is to forget about your gifts. You're a dory. You're a dory. You've forgotten about it, right? You know you have your gifts. You even know what they are, but they're sitting on the shelf somewhere. They're sitting on the shelf somewhere waiting to be used. Don't be a dory. We miss out on the blessing of being used by God because here's the thing. God wants to use you when we don't open up our gifts or we forget about the gifts. And he's given them to you for a reason. So let me encourage you, as Paul encouraged Timothy, the gifts are in you. Do you believe that the gifts are in you, that God has placed them in you if you put your faith in Jesus. So how else do we develop our spiritual gifts? We open them and then we use them. We use, you have to use your gifts. 1 Timothy 4.15 says, meditate on these things. Give yourselves entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. The phrase meditate here could also be translated practice or cultivate. You know, I really enjoy playing golf, though I have not played in years. Uh, I really enjoy playing golf. I love to play golf because it reminds me of my grandpa, uh, who was an assistant golf pro at Eastlake Country Club in Atlanta. That's where I grew up. And, and my, my grandpa, he taught me how to hold a club when I was like five or six. And he taught me how to swing a club when I was like five or six. And, I, and I, I've, I've, I've learned how to play more since then, and there's been times where I've played more regularly. But this is what I've learned about golf. If I don't play my swing, go, my swing drastically, the quality of my swing drastically declines. If I don't play, if I don't practice, the quality of my swing drastically declines. When I'm playing, I can hit the ball into the fairway pretty consistently. When I'm not, I can hit the ball right very consistently. Same thing with putting. When, I, when I'm playing, I can see, the, read the greens, and I can putt, and I can, I, can, I can hit a clean putt. When I'm not, I'll pull putts all day long. And what happens is, in our lives is this, is, is some of us, we have been gifted greatly by God, but we've stopped practicing and cultivating our gifts. We have to use our gifts. If we don't, it's not that you lose them, but it's, it's, it's like a golf swing that has gone away. It's just, it's, just, it's just kind of lost its quality. And so some of you, you've stopped using your gifts, and you're not being utilized to, to the fullest of your potential but let's be Ralphie's. Let's be like Ralphie from the Christmas story. For, for every person, every person that he saw and spoke to about his Christmas gift, he said, what do you want? I want a Red rider BB gun. Every single time, I want a Red rider BB gun, and I want it right now. He said it every single time, and every person said, you know what you're going to do? You'll shoot your eye out. That's right, he said, you'll shoot her out. And you know what Ralphie did? Christmas morning, runs outside, he's so excited, he gets his gun, he, he takes the first shot, what happens? He gets popped in the face. He almost shot his eye out, he got hurt. And you know what happens when we use our gifts sometimes? Is we get hurt. Some of you have been hurt when you've tried to use your gifts in the church. Some of you have been hurt when you tried to use the gifts that God has given you Maybe it's because you, you don't know how to fully utilize your gift. Maybe it's because you haven't cultivated it and you're using it improperly. I don't know. Maybe it's that you feel like you're, you want to be used, you're willing to be used, but no one, no one will listen to you or use you. Are you hurt today? Have you been hurt by someone in the church or outside of the church? Are your hurts keeping you from using your gifts? I have a friend who's an encourager, and this person will encourage every person all day long as much as she possibly can. And there are times where she gets pushed back when she's trying to be helpful, and she could have the response to stop encouraging people. You know what? I'm just not going to do it. People don't care. People don't care. People don't care. But she can't stop because this is who God's called her to be. She's an encourager, and she will fight through the hurt to continue to encourage because she knows that this is how God has called her to be a blessing. Maybe it's time, maybe it's time to not let your hurts keep you from being used by God. The other one is this, is is maybe, maybe you're waiting for a bigger platform. Maybe you're waiting for a bigger platform, and maybe God wants to use you where you're at right now. Maybe God wants to use you right now. Use your gifts in your current platform, not waiting to use them in the future one, the bigger one, the greater one. Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm too good to teach in kids' worship right now, or I'm too good to spend my time in a, w- with middle school students or high school students, or I'm too good to even lead a grace group. I'm waiting for the, the bigger stage. I'm waiting for the bigger stage. Don't wait on the bigger stage. God has you in places for a reason. Where can I use my gifts today? Maybe ask yourself that question. Where can you use your gifts today? And I know we, 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 we preach, hey, we want you to serve, we want you to serve, we want you to serve. And yes, we do. We are a better church when you serve. But listen, your gifts can be used, they're not limited to these four walls, God didn't just gift you to bless Grace Church. God gi- gifted you to bless the world around you so that you could be a blessing, so that people could see Jesus through you. And so how could God use your gifts today, not just here, but out there? What, what, how can you practice your gifts and cultivate your gifts? Maybe you need books. Maybe you, maybe you need to receive some criticism. Maybe you need exercise, to exercise them. Maybe you need a mentor, I don't know. And maybe what, what gift is God wanting you to, to start emphasizing today? Maybe you've always emphasized this specific gift in your life, but God's gifted you in other ways, and he wants you to cultivate a gift that you've been putting on the back burner today. Why do we use gifts? Because they, they, they bless us and they bless other people. First Corinthians fourteen six says, take heed of, to yourself, pay attention to yourself, essentially, and to the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this you will save both yourself and those who hear you. You benefit yourself and others. So how do we develop our spiritual gifts? We open them, we use them, and we own them. You have to own your gifts. You have to be okay with your gifts. You have to own who God's made you to be and what he has given to you. The second part of verse 15 says, give yourself entirely to them. Another translation could, could say, to immerse yourself in, in them. Are you just dipping your toe into the potential that you have with your spiritual gift? Are you jumping into the deep end? Are you immersing yourself into all that God wants to do in your life? Are you jumping in to everything that God wants to do in your life? Let's be candid for a second and a little introspective. Do you actually like the gifts that God has given you? Like, are you okay with how God has wired you and and the talents and gifts that he's given you? Are you okay with it? Or are you looking at your neighbor and saying, I wish I had that? You know what? Man, if I had this person's opportunity, I would be doing this and I'd be doing this and this would be way more successful. Or if I had this opportunity, I would start doing this. If I had this opportunity, I would start doing this. You know, one of the biggest killers of unity in a community, in a church, is believers jealous of others. It's coveting is essentially what it is. Jealousy. Are you jealous of someone else's gift? And sometimes this is because people share our gifts. And it's not that we're jealous of the gifts that we have. We're jealous of the platforms that God has given us. Are you jealous of someone else's platform? God wants to use you right now in the places that he's, he's put you. Or maybe it's because you wish you had a different gift. This is when we become like Veruca. We want what we want, and we want it now. It could be we want different gifts, or we want a different stage, but we want what we want, and we want it now. But what if, what if we immersed ourselves in who God made us to be and lived out using the gifts inside of us, not the ones that we wish we had or the stages that we wish we had, sitting on the sidelines being jealous as opposed to jumping into the game? What if, we, what if we were fine with who we are? God has gifted you for a reason. God has platforms for you for a reason. Now, what I'm not saying is this. What I'm not saying is, hey, if you have two or three, four, whatever gifts you have, I'm not saying that you can only operate in these gifts and you don't have to function in any of the other gifts. For example, what I'm not saying is if you lack the gift of mercy, it does not mean that you can be a merciless human being. That's what I'm not saying. You don't have permission to be merciless after this. You don't have permission to be a tyrant after this. All right, We have a greater calling on our lives than that as well. We have a calling to be the people of God, the city on a hill for this world. And so though there are weaker gifts, and yes, those aren't your strengths, sometimes God's gonna equip you with these gifts for a season or a time to use these gifts for the circumstances that you're in. But we have to own who we are. The reason that he gave you the gifts that he gave you is so that he could use you where you're at right now. Are you willing to be used where you're at right now? So how do you develop your gifts? Here's the last one. As you uncover you uncover their gifts. You uncover their gifts. We've been talking about your own gifts. We've been talking about you open your gift, you use your gift, you own your gift. And now it's about their gifts. It's about other people. It's not just about me, it's about others. And we have a responsibility to the people around us to help them see their gifts and to uncover them, to pull them out of them to some degree. They're in there. The gifts are in them. We have to help them pull them out. So 2 Timothy 1.6 says, Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you, through laying on of my hands. This is Paul reminding Timothy. So there is a time where he was commissioned by the elders. This is a different time, I believe, where Paul is actually reminding Timothy of the moment where he saw something in Timothy and he commissioned him not just for Ephesus, but for ministry in general. And Paul put his hands on Timothy and he prayed for him and he said, hey, this is what I see in you. He stirred up the gift of God that was already there. Another translation says he fans the flame. When you fan a flame, hopefully, if you do it correctly, the fire gets bigger. Correct? And this this is what Paul was doing in Timothy's life, is he was trying to make the impact of the gift of God that was inside of him greater. And sometimes we're called to develop others like Paul. Sometimes we're called to be like Timothy and to remember what people have said about us. Gifts are stirred up when we remember what someone has said about you. What has someone said about you? Has there been a time in your life where someone has spoken and called you to be a greater follower of Jesus, or they've seen something in you and they've called you to that? What do you need to remember today that someone has said about you and what God wants to do in and through you? What do you need to remember today? I had a professor in college, and... uh, she failed me on my first test in her class. Now, the teachers in here would say, no, you failed yourself, Russell, by not studying. She failed me. Um, and uh, I, I, I don't encourage students to live by this, but this is how I approached my first test in college classes during my undergrad. Um, I, would, I would study less. I'd still study, but I'd study less for the first test because I wanted to know if I could put out less effort and still get an A? It worked, okay? So if I got an A, I would not study. I'd study the same amount, which was not a lot. And if I, you know, if I got a B, I'd study a little bit more. And if I got a C, then I'd study a lot more. Uh, I, I would never fail, though. And so I, I remember after the first test, I thought I actually got an A. I was like, I, I killed this test. I didn't even have to study. I killed this test. And so I get this test back, and it, it has it just has an F on it. And Jesus goes, um, see me after class and so I would go and talk to her and and I was like what what can I do to get a to get a better grade because I thought I answered your questions he said you answered the questions fine but there's you, you could be so much better you could be so much greater like you're just you're just scratching the surface of who you are in this class and I'm not going to let you do that and so from that time I, I mean I ended up getting an A in that class and I, uh, But I worked a lot harder, and it changed the way that I did school. And and I still remember that conversation, though, because it called me to something greater. And that wasn't even, that wasn't even a spiritual moment. That was, just a, that was just a secular moment of where a teacher called me to something greater. And who has called you to something greater? And it could be by acknowledging a gift in someone's life. It could be by saying, hey, you're really good at this ministry. Or, hey, I think God wants to do this in your life. I don't know. Now, so sometimes we have to remember what people have said about us, but also we can say things about other people. We can speak life and truth into other people, and hopefully that is, that's the mantra, that, that's, that's the shape, that's, the, that's the, the normalcy of this community. We can be like Paul and uncover the gifts in other people that might be hidden that we have seen that God has revealed to us. Have you ever seen a gift or something that God is doing in a friend but refrained from telling them? Have you ever receive, seen a gift or seen God doing something in a friend but refrain from telling them? You know, research suggests that healthy relationships, they, specifically marriages, uh, they need a ratio of one to five negative to positive comments. Now, I've, I've seen this number go up to seven. Um, I'm, I'm not exactly sure where the, the, the current number is, but it changes. But it's somewhere between one to five, one to seven, right? So for every negative comment in a relationship, you need five comments positive, five positive comments for it to be neutral. So every time you get another one on, on the other side of it, you know, you, 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 you the balance. So, but it made me thinking in the church, what's our ratio? Like in the church, what is our ratio? Do we spend time complaining and criticizing others or do, do we spend time calling out what we see in others? How do you spend your time talking about the people in your grace group? How do you spend your time talking about other people in the church that you serve with? What if, let's be a people that not only use our gifts that God has given us, but we continuously, meaning it's not just a one-time thing, but that our culture is to continuously uncover the gifts that God is calling, uh, the gifts that are inside of people. Let's continuously do this on a regular basis. And not just gifts, but the other things that we see. Let's continue to build up and to challenge people. Let's continue to be like Paul and lay hands and pray for people and see the best in them and see what God is calling them to. Because he's not just calling them to it, he's calling you to greater things as well. He wants more from you and he sees the best in you. Let's see the best in people. When I was in high school, I I took a trip to Orlando, Uh, it was a mission trip with my youth group, and we had, um, it was about 40 or 50 of us, we did the trip the year before, and uh, it was, the the second year was much worse than the first year, at least the first day, the first year was like a, we did a VBS in Orlando, and it was awesome, and God was moving, second year, leadership had changed, they went in a different direction, and I remember I was sitting in this room, I was a freshman in high school, I was 14, there was a bunch of other older kids than me, and I remember uh, my youth pastor, where he's saying, I don't know if we should change what they're doing or if we should uh, just submit to what they're doing and we'll try to figure out how to operate under them. And I remember, he's like, but I don't know what we're supposed to do. And, and I remember after this prayer time, at some point he just goes in front of everybody, he just says, hey, Russell, what, what do you think we should do? It's like, uh, well... <laughs> And I prayed for a moment, and I said, I think we should submit to what they're doing, but we should try to operate um, kind of like ourselves as well, but we should honor their authority. I said, I think that's what we're supposed to do too. But in that moment, that, was, that wasn't like, hey, this is what I see in you, Russell. You're, you, you're, you, have the, you could discern what God wants us to do through wisdom, but he gave me an opportunity to use my gift. Maybe you don't need to speak, uh, speak out gifts, but you, we should speak out gifts. Maybe you need to give people opportunities to use their gifts around you as well. And then when you see them use it, call it out in them. I'm going to model this for you. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a friend of mine come out. This is Luke. Luke Lauber is a, as a friend of mine. He's actually one of my closest friends, and uh, we have been um, coworkers. We've worked together in Colorado, and we've worked together in. Um, hey, Luke, we've worked together in uh, in Kansas. This is where we are, Kansas, right now. And uh, we've been friends, and we've also uh, roommates. And thank God that's over. Um, it was a good time. <laughs> But, um, I, I just wanna model this for you. So anytime, um, if, if I'm thinking about um, encouraging someone or calling something out of someone, what I do is I spend time praying before the time that you're gonna meet with them, and then um, I pray about the things that God brings to mind of what I see in them. So if you observe something in them, pray about what you see in them, and ask God to help you figure out how to encourage them in this. So, uh, an easy way to do it, if you wanna call out gifts in people, Take, take the person's name in your journal, take a list of spiritual gifts, and start praying for them next to the list of spiritual gifts until you see, oh yeah, this per- they, have the, they, have the, they have the gift of faith, they have the gift of wisdom. They, they, oh man, that person's a leader, that person's a teacher, that person's an administrator. That, that's, it's really simple. Take the list of spiritual gifts and your journal and pray for that person and write down what you've seen in them and give them an example. Um, so Luke, um, I've known you for a long time. And the gift I see in you is I see faith in you. Um, I, I have seen your faith grow over the last six years immensely. To be honest with you, you used to be a lot more fearful. Um, you did. I mean, you just were. But God has grown your faith, and I think this is a gift that Hasn't been present, but he wants to elevate in your life. And the reason we need that is because your faith is, has, is so great right now that it is, it, is, it is faith to see God do incredible things in this community, Grace's community, so that people will impact you, so I will impact you, and so that others will impact you. And your faith has increased my faith. And your faith, I know, is increasing the faith of other people. And I just want to say, I, we need you to continue to speak about the great faith that you have in God. And that's it, right? So, which is true. So, I love you. Yep. So, I know that was more formal because we're, you know, it's us and, you know, all all of our friends right here. But it's really, it's really not, it's not, there's not an exact science to it. I mean, you can pray for people and you say, hey, this is what I've seen in you. You could, you could, you could, you could stir up something in them based on how their life impacts you. You notice his life, his, his faith has impacted my faith. So how has somebody impacted you and how can you share that with another person as well? What if we had conversations like this all the time though? What if we had conversations like this all the time? What if this was the normal thing where we didn't go to criticize but we went to go call out and people. What kind of church would that be? What kind of community would that be, that we saw the best in one another? Not that we downplayed the mess, but we saw the best in one another, and we called us, we called our community to, to be greater, to be the people that God has called us to, because God has great things. He has great things for you. So as we finish today, this question is, how, how do you receive spiritual gifts? As you think and process, how, how have you received the gifts that God has given you? Have you opened them? Are you using them? Do you own them? Are you okay with where God has you? And how can you uncover their gifts? How can we be a community that speaks life and truth and calls people to a greater place? Would you pray with me? So Lord, would you move in us now? Would you speak to us? Will you show us what you want to do? We thank you that you've gifted us with things. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you have questions or would like to contact us for prayer, please email us at info at visitgracechurch.com. For more information about our ministries, location, and service times, go to visitgracechurch.com.